Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as social commentator, smacker of at Dom Sequitur's butt, an important grace note in our national life, knows S underscore Bridges to talk to, real doctor. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Stephen Owen. Hello, Stephen. Hello, hello. Hello. In social settings, mate, how do you introduce yourself? Um, well, I'm not very good in social settings. I generally find that uh, people much more adept will introduce me um, mm. or someone will uh, introduce themselves, to which I reluctantly uh, offer up myself as Stephen. <laughs> so that's probably about the long and short of it, yeah. Do you avoid social interaction stuff because you're naturally shy or some other reason? Um, I suppose I am a reasonably uh, shy person, although my wife is always at pains to point out that I'm not actually shy at all. <laughs> um, I think I'm probably uh, a low-level sort of uh, anxiousness uh, pervades my my every waking moment, and that sort of gets in the way. Um, fortunately, most of the social situations I uh, come to have some sort of uh, drinks involved, which I find, uh, whilst I'm not espousing it as a uh, mechanism for everyone, it does lower my inhibitions to a point where I think I'm acceptably okay in social situations. <laughs> well, it, they do refer to it as a social lubricant, don't they? They do, and for very good reason, um, although I haven't tried it for any other sort of lubrication purposes, but, um, you you know, the day is still early. Um, there's plenty of time to try these sorts of things. <laughs> it strikes me as a bit thin for that. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Well, it depends on the purpose, you know. So, mm. yeah. What's your favourite TV show at the moment? Um, well, it's I don't know if it's embarrassing or not, but um, I'm pretty into doomsday preppers at the moment. Excellent. Um, I'm a little annoyed because on Netflix they seem to have taken off the all the series after season one, and I'm sort of about two two thirds of the way through to season two, and I'm dying to. Uh, I think it's really starting to hit its hit its pace uh, by then. So I'm dying for more. Um, but yeah, it's it, it really taps into a mentality that I think is quite uh, frightening yet exciting all at once. So I um yeah, that's probably the thing I'm most excited about. Um, I'm also watching a lot of uh, there's a, not per, not a TV show per se, but documentary. Uh, I Dream of Wires, which is about analog synthesizers, and I've watched that about four or five times in the last few weeks, and I'm on a mission to get everyone to watch that. Cool. It sounds it sounds fascinating. It is good. It's a sort of uh, overview of the history of, uh, I guess, the birth of uh, the synthesizer. So with um, Bob Moog in the on the mm. east coast, and then uh, uh, Don Buchler on the west coast, and um, then goes through the history of. See, it's boring me to talk about it. Yet I am <laughs> trying to make everyone watch it because it's so it's so exciting. <laughs> it sounds like the synthesizer version of West Side Story. <laughs> I, I, I look. 
you've 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 hit my uh well one of my many uh repositories of uh zero knowledge um musicals <laughs> i yeah i've i've never seen sound of music and i may be the only person that can uh t- can attest to that but yeah i've no idea what's going on in that world is it i'm a little bit surprised about the sound of music thing is that something that you ju- it passed you by and now you're digging in there's no way i'm going to watch it or it's just eh, something um, well, maybe. Um, I, I think I have that sort of thing where um, maybe the breaking out into song in everyday interaction thing, although I break into song, you know, at the drop of the hat, um, <laughs> I, I, maybe I, I don't like to see it uh, on the big screen. So, yeah, I, I think it's just something that I've stubbornly maybe dug my heels in, but I don't have any real objection to, you know, I'm not a person that's going to you know, sort of cause a fuss uh, if you reveal yourself as a fan of musicals. So, um, you know, this is nothing hopefully that will come between us if you are a big fan of musicals, Steve. I, I enjoy them. Stephen, but not I'm not fanatical. Okay, about them. all right. So this isn't like you know, sort of we're at loggerheads early on in our talk today or anything. No, excellent. No, excellent. Not yet, we're not. Oh man, pressure's off. Excellent. Next question: Why do you hate musicals? Why do I hate musicals? <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm a cranky man who hates everything. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, a serious question now, though. Yeah. Seriously, what is your favourite place to travel to? Um, well, this is the thing, right? I'm not a particularly, uh, worldly person. So, so I'll give you, uh, this, uh, I had never been overseas until about probably four or five years ago. Um, Mm. and, uh, now I would like to go more, but, um, you know, for reasons of mainly financial, uh, sort of mainly financial reasons, um, I can't afford to, um, but look, I, um, I've been to Southeast Asia and I would love to go back. Um, I'm sort of, uh, yeah, but, but other than that, I don't really travel anywhere. I traveled in Newcastle to pick up my son and, um, I just moved from there a few years ago. So I'm not, you know, other than him being there, I don't really want to travel there. Um, this is going to be really boring, but generally most of our holidays tend to be to Canberra to go and visit our friends there. So probably mm. Canberra would be my definitive answer. Is our friends the only reason for Canberra? Um, yeah, maybe. Look, um, you know, just because, again, being a cranky old man, I don't have very many friends and it just turns out that's where they are. So <laughs> if I want to see friends, I've got to go to Canberra to see them. Um, you know, I, I do like it as a place. Um uh, actually, let me find a more interesting answer. Maybe Hobart. Um, I like that mm-hmm. too. <laughs> I don't know. God, this is where I reveal myself as being deeply uninteresting. And I thought that this was, I thought I might be able to keep a lid on that for a little bit longer. But, um, you know, it seems about seven minutes in and the secret is out. What challenges you? Oh, um, goodness. Uh, oh, Goodness. Um, I like to try and keep myself, I guess, maybe challenged is not, uh, it's too strong a word, but I like to keep myself interested. Um, Mm. So maybe I'm going to obfuscate here, but um, I've been, uh, I guess, trying to uh, take on a few uh, instruments. Um, uh, The caveat is that I'm not particularly good at any instruments to begin with. Um, I sort of have a passable level of uh, a talent, um, again, talent's too strong a word, but enough where I can write and record songs. Um, so I've, uh, again, recently, and this goes back to uh, the analog synth 
uh, thing. I, I bought a synthesizer uh, with my tax return and also a uh, ridiculous uh, five-string electric cello, this cheap thing from China. Um, so I'm trying to, I guess, challenge myself to get to a passable level of proficiency where I can write and record songs with them. And I've done a little bit of that. Um, mm-hmm. To that end, I sort of set myself a challenge uh, between the semesters, the teaching semesters, where I was trying to record a song uh, every day or at least an idea. So I put down, you know, three to five minutes of music um, every single day. And I did that for a couple of weeks until I sort of got bored of the idea. But, um, yeah, so I guess... Uh, yeah, not so much challenged, but just trying to keep my interest in, uh, you know, everyday life and uh, creative things going. And that's, yeah, that's my obfuscating answer to that question. Has playing music or writing music been something that you've always been um, encouraged by or, or, or good at? Um, well, again, uh, good being a very strong word, but yeah, it's, it's been something that's been at the core of my, um, I guess, identity, uh, since I was a teenager and, um, all during my, um, sort of teenage and twenties and yeah, I was playing in bands and, uh, and, and that was, I guess, the sort of all that I had going for my uh, identity for a long time there um, until I sort of hit my late 20s and uh, fell into mature age study. And then all of a sudden I'm now uh, uh, passing as an academic. So, yeah, yeah. So, so but, but yeah, music um, is definitely, I would say, pretty much at the core of, uh, you know, keeping uh, – keeping me interested in uh, everyday life and, uh, you know, I listen to music all the time, I play music all the time and it's just, yeah, I guess it's the thing that keeps me grounded, you know. Is it a specific structure around music that is uh, entertaining and captivating for you? Um, no, not even. I think it's just uh, almost to the point of uh, having permeated my, uh, my, my myself, um, you know, in that broad sort of philosophical sense of the term, um, where it is just something that I guess I don't sort of think about as a uh, instrumental thing. I just, you know, I love to listen to music. Um, my what passes for uh, disposable income goes on buying records or buying instruments um, and just, you know, I, I just think about it all the time. Um, it's, again, uh, yeah, uh, deeply uninteresting and it, and it passes, I guess, for having a personality, um, have an interest <laughs> in, instead. <laughs> What's your field of specialty uh, from academia? Um, well, even that, um, I'm sort of shifting. Look, um, my undergrad um, was – I uh, was a Bachelor of Social Science uh, and then I did my honours in political science and my PhD was ostensibly under the uh, banner of political science but it was looking at uh, Facebook and I guess uh, sort of the French uh, Foucauldian sort of uh, field of thought and applying that to the way people use Facebook which brings me all the way back to sociology and cultural studies and I'm now trying to teach in media and cultural studies rather than the political science stuff that I've been teaching in. Um, mm-hmm. This might be that trying to keep challenged and interesting thing as well. Um, yeah, so that's 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 it at the moment. Um, yeah, so I guess I would say my academic interests are pretty much around uh, around 
technology and new media, but how people use it in an everyday way. And the kicker would be how uh, they integrate or internalize rules and norms of use. And mm. uh, yeah, again, this is going to be deeply, deeply boring uh, for anyone outside of you know m- myself. But this is this is my, uh, I guess, my bread and butter academically. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, actually, Stephen. Do you think that, given what you just mentioned? Given that the we'll call it modern media or the, the current power brokers in in the the way that newspapers slash websites uh, and TV networks and stuff they hold the power when it comes to what is and isn't media and how it's distributed they think that they're in control. New media is reasonably speaking subverting a lot of that process and and just allowing people to create and distribute and do a lot of that. And my perception is that old media have only just realised they need to keep up with that. Is that fair? Um, Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think we can see that played out, um, you know, for those of us who are using Twitter quite regularly. um, We can see, I guess, the teething problems that that pop up with uh, media organisations struggling to deal with that. I guess there's a whole new landscape of people who are doing that well and um you know i know you were talking to say uh mark de steph um on your podcast and Mm. you know i think that's kind of a cool example of uh of how media and especially news media are reaching young audiences um this is again probably going to go back to my own uh areas of interest but uh, I think the the ability to get news to young people to become fully informed uh, political subjects and citizens is really important. And uh, the fact that, I guess, uh, media structures, the fragmentation of it means that people aren't sitting down and watching the news or reading newspapers every day. Um, it's really important that people are still politically aware and plugged in. So I suppose it's quite interesting seeing the transformation of that um, sort of happening before our eyes at the moment. So, um, yeah, so I think it's, yeah, I think it's an interesting time. How do you describe your experience of family? Um, oh, Jesus. That's a, yeah, look, um, you know, family uh, for me at the moment um with uh, my wife and kids is uh, quite grounding and uh, well challenging with a two year old, uh, a two and a bit year old daughter who is just uh, just crazy in every <laughs> good and bad sense of the word, mm. um, and 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 that's all uh, really fantastic. Um, but I think in general, um, maybe more problematic. Um, I don't know. Again, maybe that's too strong a term, but um, so I'm a, um, I'm an adoptee, right? So mm-hmm. I uh, was adopted, and I've always known this since uh, since I was sort of old enough to recognise the concept. Um, but I think that that gives me a sort of a, a different experience of family than a lot of people, and even among yeah. I don't know, I don't know. I guess there's no real adoption buddy uh, Facebook groups and I'm sort of talking to other adoptees or anything like that. And I don't know if I'm interested in ever doing that because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm going to use you as a therapist couch. <laughs> Please. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, it's something, again, that um, I, I don't know, right? So here's here's my probably my take on it. Um, I think at our um, 
fundamental, um, and this is difficult for someone who doesn't believe in human nature or anything like that. Um, I think we all really want to be understood. And um, I think that's there's maybe a bit of a need, and and you know that comes across in our communication with people on an everyday basis, or having our needs and wants conveyed. Um, but I think growing up uh, as an adoptee um, with a family who had nothing but love for me, um, but perhaps didn't have the capacity to recognize or understand uh some of the things that i was expressing um and this is just being i guess a precious flower in a lot of ways but um and i i I was just talking about this with my my son the other day um and you know trying to sort of because he's going through i mean just entering i guess the sort of puberty years now um but trying to you know open up get him to be comfortable with talking about feelings and things Mm -hmm. and um you know sort of realizing and recognizing that, you know, it's, I'm about to turn 38 this week and, you know, like this this stuff from being a kid is still, like it still permeates my day-to-day uh, engagement with the world. And that sort of sucks, you know, like I guess as an adult mm. to still be so, um, I guess, uh, beholden to a lot of that stuff you have um, when you're a kid. You know, like people sort of, there's supposed to be these sort of transitional uh, things where you, you you grow up, become an adult, and leave that stuff behind. And I don't know. Like I mean, I guess a lot of people do or don't. But um, yeah. So family's like really quite uh, I guess complicated. And it's yeah, you know, like I I love my family. I I see them reasonably regularly. And um, but it's still like now. Like I mean, you know, like I, I see my old man and. It's, you know, I'm back to being, a, you know, that, that awkward 11-year-old again, you know, when I'm around him. And, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a universal thing and I'm trying to extrapolate something that isn't necessarily there. But, um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah it's, it's funny. But as I say, you know, like, I mean, with my immediate family, um, you know, it's sort of the opposite of that. It is that mm-hmm. understanding and um, just that grounded uh, sort of uh, loving uh, thing, which, you know, is, is, is wonderful. These things have the capacity to define us or at least ground us. And I don't think it's unreasonable for you to um, still have some of those feelings or, or, you know, to feel uh, a certain way, you know, when when you think about adoption and and those sorts of things. Um, Thank you for sharing that. That's that's very special. Have you ever wanted to or have you been able to track down your birth parents? Yeah, I have. And that's been a um, crazy sort of thing too. Like, I mean, um, so I've been in contact and uh, sort of uh, with my, my mother, my birth mother for, uh, I guess, about 10 years now, um, which was weird because um, it was not long after the birth of my son. And he mm-hmm. was the first person that I ever sort of met face to face that I could look at and go, you know, like, you look like me, we're related. And, and it was a weird sort of thing. And then it was only about 12, not even 12 months later that I, I met my birth mother. And that was, um, again, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, like a really, uh, it filled in a lot of blanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, like we're also quite different as well. So, you know, we've had, a, I guess, uh, ups and downs in our relationship in the 10 years since. Um, and it's, I guess, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's it's a strange thing, and I've spoken to my um my my birth dad once, and this is this sort of horrible, I guess, sliding doors thing. Um, and again, this is something that also I think sort of permeates 
who I am. And I sort of do sort of uh, feel sort of like this is something that, you know, maybe if I could overcome, you know, I might sort of become one of these normal functional human beings that, uh, you know, that, that, that seem to be moving around on two legs everywhere. Um, but so again, not long after I met my mom, um, she sort of said, oh, look, this is your dad. You can, you know, like talk to him here. And I spoke to him. And um, so he has a family. He has two uh, sons who are now like in their late teens and, 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 and his family don't know, um, I exist. And so, uh, he right. sort of said, Oh, look, you know, you can call me at work, um, and we can meet up, but you know, don't, don't call me at home and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, so we had a chat for about 10 minutes one day and then it must've been later that week. Um, my, uh, my partner at the time's car was broken into and for some reason my mobile phone was in the pocket of my shorts that were in the back of her car oh. and this was the only place I had his work number oh. so for like 10 years after that um I'm sort of like well I have his home number I know where he lives but he's asked me not to contact him there oh. um and so I sort of, you know, sort of uh, left it for a while and um, sent a letter to where I knew he worked and never heard a response. And um, and then recently Facebook opened up their thing so that you could, you know, search for basically anyone. And I did that and I found him on there and I sent him a message and I can see he's seen the messages, but he hasn't replied. But mm. now I know what he looks like and that's sort of an interesting thing. And, and I've seen pictures of... Uh, who are, I guess, ostensibly my, my half brothers. Um, mm. And I can see these resemblances there. And these are these, you know, cool looking young men who are uh, into music by the looks of them and stuff as well. And it's just, again, like, it's such a strange, I guess, thing, you know, like, it's the opposite of that grounded thing, you know, like, this is almost like there's this whole, uh, uh, I guess, like important part of my life or people I'm connected to in some way that, I just don't have that connection with. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, again, it's like it's 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 a really sort of strange um, – it's a strange relationship I have with all these people and I guess that also means I have a pretty strange relationship with who I am. So, yeah, yeah, thanks for allowing me all this, uh, you know, Steve Malk's therapist couch, man. It's really, <laughs> really fun <laughs> and saves oh. me a lot of money, I guess, in therapist fees. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't know that I can bring much to, to offer, but other than, again, thank you for sharing that. No, That's... no, it's cool, man. Look, it's just that chance to bloody talk, hey? It's great. <laughs> In a, a crisis, are you fight or flight? Uh, I think I'm probably more inclined to, to flight, um, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things where – I probably I don't I don't think I've got any sort of real concrete examples, um, mm. but you know I got, I I probably have um, been able to I don't know maybe face the occasional sort of uh, conflict, but I'm much more a person who would just fight you know every time I think um, yeah, but again I don't have any concrete examples that I can sort of think of at the moment. Other the, than when I took off and actually took flight one time, that was, but that was a, you know, that, uh, yeah, that was a surreal experience and not entirely truthful. I can't fly, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. I, was a, I, I, yes, thank you. Although, um, you know, my favorite, my, well, maybe my second favorite joke is the, uh, you know, I just flew in from Woi Woi and boy, are my arms tired. Hey, boom, tish. <laughs> Do you, 
do you find yourself as a parent adjusting how you respond to your kids based on some of these feelings that we've talked about around your adoption? Um, you know what, uh, a little bit, I guess, as I can talk about, uh, sort of, uh, things, especially as, uh, my son's, as I say, he's sort of, uh, on the verge of puberty. He certainly smells like a teenage boy, but he's <laughs> sort of, you know, just sort of teetering around the edges. So, um, yeah, I guess there's, uh, I guess maybe trying to, I, you know, we've always had a good relationship and, um, but trying to keep make sure those channels are open as he goes through this time so that he can talk about his feelings and, you know, things that uh, I guess I always, I don't know, found difficult to talk about. And to be honest, like, I mean, it'll probably be as difficult with him as well, but, um, Mm. but no, with, with, with my daughter, she's, it's just, no strategies it's just you know purely tactical just responding to whatever (laughs) she throws which can literally mean you know like four o'clock this morning a karate kick in the neck you know she didn't want to go back to sleep and then it's just uh it's just madness but um it's so so great when they're two two and a bit three years old in it uh it's you know there's all the you can see the uh, i guess the development of personalities coming through but there's just this pure um you know, it's not so much pure id anymore, but it's still just this, uh, just pure energy that's just trying mm. to move in certain directions. And sometimes they're, uh, you know, this morning it was just, I just do not want to wear pants and, um, she will just fight and she's got the strength to back it up now. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we're all in tears and then she'll sort of end up crying until she vomits because she's got pants on and and yeah so it is just a just a purely tactical response rather than a strategic one at the moment um i mean you know we'll see how it plays out in the long run but at the moment it's just oh god it's 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 interesting yeah pants are so restrictive right yeah yeah that's right exactly yeah yeah and you know the weather is uh, fining up. It's certainly just uh, walk around in the nude weather. So who am I to you know sort of rain on her parade? I work from home, Stephen. So pants are optional. Yeah, most yeah. Days. Excellent, excellent. I'm not going to uh, think about that too much at the moment. But you know, good, good. <laughs> I'm also a similar man who uh, when I work from home. <laughs> what for you is a source of strength? Um. Oh goodness. Uh. Well, I would definitely say uh, my wife. Um, she mm-hmm. is just uh, one of these, uh, one of these really competent, uh, just talented, clever people um, that you encounter, and for some reason uh, had the poor sense to uh marry me whereas you know i think this is one of the very very few good decisions i've made in uh marrying her so uh she's very good at uh i guess allowing me to be uh me and uh also uh i guess being very supportive um but not in a sort of uh hooray sort of thing you know she she sees all the idiocy uh, the dumb things that I do and my dumb interests. Um, and I know she is uh, more, I guess, uh, tolerating of them than uh, encouraging, but she's also very supportive. Um, and, yeah, so she is definitely, uh, you know, my, my source of strength uh, these days. Um, Jesus, if this gets out, I'm, my reputation's done for, isn't it? 
It's all right. You just won't. Oh, that should be banned from the internet when we publish it. <laughs> no, it's fine. It might make up for all the dumb things I do if she hears me say something nice <laughs> in a broad audience. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the 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 fun things that you do have captured some fairly broad attention. Yeah, and this is you know what this is like um, that when I was talking about the music stuff, you know, it's just this dumb stuff to keep interested. Um, and I guess creative, although I don't know how much you could say, uh, you know, having a thumb that uh, looks like a penis is uh, an example of creativity in action. But um, yeah, I mean, the stuff with uh, Rudd 2000 was uh, amazing because that was something that, again, had no sort of instrumental rationality. It was just uh, Scott and I being just complete fuckwits like we would normally be um, and and are all of the time. And it just happened to <laughs> sort of resonate and, um, you know, sort of snowball into something uh, something quite cool. And, you know, like it was just something, yeah. And, 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 you know, I tend to sort of, I guess, maybe fall into these situations where cool things happen. And I think it's just uh, maybe having cool and talented friends and networks um, mm. that again, you know, this is all that stuff that, uh, that social media um, affords, you know, like, I mean, uh, all of the people, I, my wife, I met through Twitter. Um, all of my friends I met through Twitter. Um, and it's just, you know, it puts you into, I guess, uh, a, a network of, uh, of interesting, fun people. And um, I've just had the good, fortune i suppose to fall in with good people through that so that um you know for instance when i do have a thumb that resembles a penis um all of a sudden it turns up in the daily mail or in the russian news or <laughs> you know all these dumb things so um yeah it's 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 fun and um you know it keeps i guess you know I, Again, my wife's always laughing at me because I'm laughing at my own jokes. Um, and that's probably, you know, what keeps me in the game for this stuff. Like it's, as I say, it's it, there could be no less amount of instrumental reason attached to this stuff other than just trying to amuse myself. Um, and, you know, that can be, I guess, shameful or I guess I could be left alone and, you know, know that I could probably, uh, you know, make myself fine just by uh laughing at my own jokes but yeah again i don't know that that's necessarily a good thing though is it it can be if you're entertaining yourself then aren't you at least managing to find your way in life well it's always been one person entertained even if it is mm. myself but um you know that's yeah i guess that's been the strange sort of fallout um again to toot the sort of rud 2000 thing um because probably because it's been you know the the the, the most successful thing i've ever done <laughs> um yeah no 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 word of a lie um you know like when we were launching the book and all of a sudden in parliament house and um uh tim watts was holding up a copy of the book in in parliament and you know scott and i are just looking at each other just dumbfounded in the middle of this uh i guess this tornado that we got swept up in um and it's just again just being two dickheads on the internet and um yeah yeah so i guess it's you know more than myself found that funny which was nice but it's yeah it's it's, it's never been i guess a motivating factor um yeah yeah what was it like for you guys revealing yourselves? Because that was a secret for a long time. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was, I guess, a, immediately there was a sense of relief um, because it did get to the point where, um, you know, uh, I guess we felt obliged to sort of keep uh, doing, uh, making jokes and maybe also started to feel the pressure of having, uh, you know, sort of a few thousand people looking at it um so there was a sense of relief which quickly gave way to a sense of um missing the validation that you know your phone constantly going nuts with retweets and favorites um provides so hmm. yeah so it was um immediately relief followed by uh, a period of uh solemn uh what can i say um i just missed being popular again <laughs> <laughs> Miss it like crazy. <laughs> Is there, uh, has the pressure started for an Abbott 2000 account? Oh, yeah. Whenever there's any sort of event, you know, there'll be people who, who do um, ping us for that. And so, again, that's where that need for validation is uh, scratched a little bit again. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, last night with the, uh, the lib spill, uh, we'd get quite a few people sort of pinging us to do it, but you know, there's just no way. I mean, you know, we have other things to do, like um, raise young daughters. Um, I'm not together. Um, you know, like we're in different <laughs> cities with uh, different families and different daughters, but we are simultaneously uh, raising daughters of a similar age. Um, so, you know, we sort of have. Um, maybe we can find validation in other ways and maybe ways that are more important than, um, you know, telling the same joke in 10 different formats with poor uh, syntax. Um, <laughs> as funny as I still find that. I mean, <laughs> every time I have to look it up to, um, oh, goodness, no, this is it's, it's so terrible. But I, I, uh, a, a lady that I hadn't spoken to for like almost two decades um, was following me on Instagram and then she said, uh, she she popped up on the comments and said, oh, you have a book. And so I had to Google Rudd 2000, Kevin, write a book um, to send her <laughs> the information. And I find a news story with some uh, some of the tweets in there and I start laughing at them again. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's appalling. Um, it's just appalling. But, um, yeah, what can you do when you that much of an idiot i guess it's <laughs> yeah, appalling either. it's appalling in the best way Stephen. yeah i think it's reasonably harmless um so you know there's 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 that to it so that's probably i guess one of the yeah it's harmless enough what are you going to achieve in the next 12 months uh that is a good question because i'm not a particularly uh i have no ambition or entrepreneurial spirit that seems to be so compulsory uh these days um i will uh i will get through this pile of uh undergraduate marking um mm. that's probably by the end of the week so that's something that i can uh definitely aim for um mm. i'm gonna try and get a few more i guess academic publications out and maybe try and uh see if i can turn this into a full-time uh career career is again a strong word um just try and keep some sort of academic employment up um yeah so look in the next 12 months i'm going to publish and i am going to uh keep getting short-term academic contracts until i have enough of these things to apply for a real job which 
even saying those words scares the hell out of me. Real jobs are overrated, right? Yeah, maybe. But again, you know, there's all these things like uh, food and shelter, which, uh, you know, uh, seem to be uh, quite important. And, and yeah, I guess maybe I can continue on this sort of ad hoc path for a while and, you know, maybe not succumb to the real job thing. Um, but we'll see, you know, if, 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 uh, I get a real job, you'll notice that I'll basically have no time for Twitter left and that, <laughs> that again, scares the hell out of me. Mm. Thank you, Stephen. I really appreciate you sharing what you have. Uh, today, this conversation has been great and very special. Please know that you're highly valued and, and I appreciate you. Oh, thanks, Steve. I really appreciate that, man. It's been um, it's been a fun chat. Um, I'm trying to be more agreeable. This is the kind of thing that I'd normally <laughs> run a mile from, um, but in my uh, quest to be a better person, I think um, I'm 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 trying to say yes to more things, and so I'm really glad that I did say yes to this. Um, it's been it's been fun. Thank you, man. As am I. Now, very clearly, you're on Twitter. Do you have any other social media accounts you want to admit to? Uh, look, I'm on Instagram, um, again at, uh, Mr. Grumpy Steven, but this is, uh, you'll find basically one or two photos of my kids interspersed between about, you know, every 50 records that I'm posting just because <laughs> I'm, I don't know, uh, I don't even know why I'm doing it. I just love playing records and I love to share and, you know, get one or two people who are interested in that. So you can definitely find me there, but I um, wouldn't, you know, sort of recommend it particularly. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Mr. Grumpy Stephen is indeed human.